hope that wherever Kasperi Kapanen was quarantining for the past week had an ice rink or something, you know? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. Kapanen joined the Penguins for practice yesterday in Cranberry, a practice that, by the way, had been unscheduled. Mike Sullivan added it to the list, and in turn, because of union regulations and so forth, he'll have to give one back later in the week. I am convinced that Sullivan arranged this practice between the Sunday victory over the Capitals and the game that they're playing again against the Capitals tonight at 7.08 at PPG Paints Arena just so he could get Kapanen out on the rink. And I'm not so sure that was such a bad idea. The Penguins' top six overall need some kind of jolt. We've talked a lot about the way the second line has struggled, specifically Evgeny Malkin. He's looked like he's in one of his fogs that we've seen from him throughout his career where he just starts beating himself up and pouting and everything else. I think Jason Zucker's been fine. I think Brian Rust has been less fine, but fine enough. But the top line, Sidney Crosby's been pretty effective. But we've seen almost no hop from Jake Gensel, with all due respect to a nice shootout goal. And Evan Rodriguez just didn't belong on a first line. So the Penguins go through this maneuver... And afterward, Sullivan declares Kapanen a game-time decision. That is Sully-speak for, yeah, if he doesn't get hurt or something else doesn't happen between now and the morning skate, he's going to play. The Penguins also put in an optional morning skate, presumably, again, to give Kapanen a chance to go over some things while everyone else gets to take the session off. Not everyone else, but most of the group. I guarantee you that's how that's going to turn out. This is being done to get Kapanen on the ice tonight. I mean, again, I don't think it's a bad move. But I do have some concerns about the top six in general. The second line we've we've been over. This is just a matter. Gino just needs to score some goals. He really does. There's not much more to it. Once he does that, the other guys will all of a sudden start looking like they make sense there. I I wouldn't be messing with that. But the first line is something else. I've liked Sid's wheels through three games. He's obviously had a couple of uh, pretty nice goals. I mean, the one in Philly was was ridiculous, the one-hander. But he's not getting a lot of assistance, and as a result, he's not able to do his cycling and his spinning around down low in the attacking zone the way he likes. That's principally because Jake has looked so slow. I'm not sure what to say about that, because when I look at Jake uh, 
and I see the way he's protecting himself and the shoulder, and believe me, that's understandable. This was not a normal shoulder injury. This was a car accident, the way he went into those boards. It was a reconstruction in there, and I can see where he would be protective of it. Nobody would want to go through something like that twice in their life. But how that's affecting his legs, how that's affecting his ability to uh, jump into the play, why he's always the last one into the zone, sometimes even behind a defenseman, that's a harder read. That's not something that I'm sure that I understand. He did look better Sunday. He did. So maybe it's just a matter of him just getting more comfortable Uh, feeling the game, letting it come to him. And maybe he and Sid will get what the Penguins are hoping to get from Kapanen tonight. Kapanen is the kind of player, for those of you who don't remember him in his very early days of his NHL career when he was drafted here, who's really fast but also really effortless in the appearance of his skating. Uh, He doesn't look like he's churning his legs 75 times to take a single stride, if you know what I mean. He has an almost magical first step, and then from there he lets the glide do its thing. Kind of different than, than most of the faster skaters that you'll see. He also has a shooting touch that... I'm fairly certain he picked up, like, rolling out of the womb. His release is remarkably fast. Uh, That was evident yesterday, even in the practice. The puck is on his stick, and then it's off it. So in theory, he could be at, I don't know, 80%, 85%, something like that, and still look like he's pretty effective. Uh, He certainly sounded pretty upbeat about the whole thing yesterday. Hey, Casperi, how did it feel, you know, physically to be out there on the ice again in practice, especially after you were in uh, the quarantine COVID protocol for the last, you know, week or so? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I felt a little little sluggish, but, you know, that's to be expected after, you know, quarantining and staying inside for, uh, you know, a week. but. Like I said, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to uh, be with the guys and, and hang out and get a good skate in. So um, taking taking everything uh, considering, um, I, was, I was okay. Great. You know, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing him in Pittsburgh. I really, really liked him when he was drafted. I loved him at his first development camp. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing the Penguins have a young, gifted, scoring type that everyone could watch grow here in Pittsburgh. Now, I'm not complaining about the trade, mind you. When you get Phil Kessel, and Kessel uh, plays a huge role in getting you back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, there are no regrets to be had about a trade like that. But to have him back in Pittsburgh uh, and to see him with a chance to maybe break out with a better opportunity than what he was getting in Toronto behind two other right wingers, uh, younger guys up there and Mitch Marner and William Nylander. Here he's jumping right into the first line. 
This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, warmer than wool. Warrior Alpaca Socks are hypoallergenic all-day wear socks with a wide variety of styles and colors. Outdoor work socks, cozy bed socks, lightweight diabetic compression socks. They all look and feel great. Here's how you can get a pair with a special deal. Visit warrioralpacasocks.com. Alpaca spelled A-L-P-A-C-A. warrioralpacasocks.com and use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. Once again, just for our podcast listeners, warrioralpacasocks.com, code DK. But as exciting as it is to have this player here and potentially be making his Pittsburgh re-debut, I guess you'd call it, I've still got concerns there. I, I, I just don't see who on that line is going to back check. I don't see who's coming back. I don't see who's going to be the F3 or even just making an extra effort to come back. Sidney Crosby is a really, really good defensive forward. But there's a difference between being a really good defensive forward and the guy on the line who's expected to be the last one out of the zone or the first one back. I don't want that to be a generational talent, not at any stage of his career. Who's going to do that? Who's going to be the guy who comes back? In Philadelphia, one of the advantages of watching the game live as opposed to whatever the TV cameras are showing you was that I could see what the Penguins were doing defensively as a first line well away from the puck. And the answer to that was that Evan Rodriguez was not back. He was way back. He was at times lined up between the two defensemen on the ice as if he was a third D-man. And without apology, not because he was late getting up to help, he was just stacking the blue line back there that way. I don't want any of these three guys doing that. Jake doesn't have the wheels right now. I just mentioned Sid. And Kasperi Kapanen, he's a responsible defensive forward, but he's not somebody that you'd put in that role either. You don't say we're going to get fresher, younger, faster, and everything else, and then acquire the fastest player on your roster, which Kapanen is, and then say, hey, watch some film of Dominic Simone to see how he takes care of his own end. That's not going to happen. So what does have to happen is that Sid and Jake and Kapanen have to spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. And the defensemen that are out there with them have to be aware of the fact that they might not have an F3 and they'd better be smart about pinching. It's going to be worth watching not just how Kapanen does, but how the line does. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for 
just one question. If you'd like to contribute one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that accompanies this podcast every day. Go right underneath it to the comments section and leave your question there. There's no chance I'll miss it. The question comes from MTM who asks, Hi DK, how would you rate Chad Ruedel's play Sunday? And why can't he be the Penguins' sixth defenseman? The first and immediate response that I have is that I do believe that Chad will be the defenseman tonight. You don't mess with a winning lineup. So let's start there. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. If you don't know where your next meal is coming from, if you're worried about that, if you're hungry, go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. One more time, it's pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help and spell all of that out. As for how I'd rate Ruedel's play, I thought he was just Ruedel. He was fine. He was solid. Uh, he was one of the Penguins' better defensemen uh, in my eyes on Sunday. Um, and for that matter, in the, in the second game in Philadelphia, he's he's a better hockey player than Cody Ceci is. I, I don't want, you know, the guy just got here, and I don't want to look like I'm piling on and whatever else. He's just, Ceci is what he is. He's a spare part defenseman. He's somebody that you bring in when other guys are hurt. And you could say the same thing accurately about Ruedel, obviously, over the past couple of years. That's actually why he's been signed to an NHL contract, so he could sit in the press box as a healthy scratch for when somebody else went down. But in this case, Ruedel's the the smarter, more sound defenseman, and he's capable of contributing on the offense as well. Teammates really respect him. Uh, Smart guy. Always thinking about strategy, but beyond that, talking about strategy. Back when we used to be able to get into locker rooms, I would actually see him engaging guys. When he hadn't played for 10, even 20 games, when he was a healthy scratch all that time, he'd be talking to somebody about some strategic thing that he'd observed. Sometimes with the Penguins, sometimes with the opponent, sometimes with that other player's play. He would share that. He loves talking X's and O's with anybody. And he's played in this system for a long time. He's practiced in this system for a long time. He studied video with this head coach for a long time. I was all in favor of bringing Ruedel back as a number seven guy, number eight guy, depending on how you would want to rank him and Yuso Ricola, depending on lefty-righty. But I was not in favor of having him be that if the guy they brought in to supplant him wasn't as good. I don't know what they saw in CeCe. I I don't know what they'd be seeing in him now to have had him start as he did in Philadelphia. I, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't see what's there. I don't see the defense. I don't see the offense. I don't see anything. Ruedel is what he is, but you'll take it. And if the other guy is your insurance plan, 
you know, he didn't come at any greater cost either. He came in at close to NHL minimum. But now that you have Mike Matheson out for a while, Rikola is out there. Ruedel and Rikola have practiced and played together for a while, depending on how you split up the pairs. And, you know, we've seen that kind of go all over the place, really, for through the first three games. You want to get John Marino and Marcus Pedersen back together. But if you don't, these guys have all worked together, and this is not the time to be messing around. It's a 56-game season. You can't be falling behind. Imagine if they were 0-3 right now, how different the conversation would be. Well, guess what? They're still 1-2. And, and later tonight, they could be 1-3. This isn't the time for, you know, let's see what the guy's got because we signed him. No thanks. No thanks. Go with what you know. Go with what you know. Good question, MTM. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for listening. I'll be covering the game tonight at the arena, and, uh, you know, we'll do this again tomorrow. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.